0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bulls Beat Podcast Show, the
1: Chicago Bulls Podcast. Welcome back in to another exciting edition of the Bulls Beat. Uh, we have a monstrosity of beats uh, going around, which is Fred's music and songs that he likes to, to share for us. Uh the the Bulls I don't What are you know where talking I about? I don't know. I was trying to mock the big red bus and then I don't know how I went with a monstrosity of beats but I figured your music might qualify. Anyway, uh the Bulls I've been listening
0: to a lot of Monkeys lately. Maybe we can talk about that later.
1: <laughs> I'm sure we no. will at the end of the show. <laughs> the Bulls have had a great run, uh very exciting. How are you doing Mark and Fred Mark? Uh we'll kick it to you.
2: Uh I'm well Doug. Uh the Bulls the Bulls winning makes me happy. Uh and can I just say that uh, C. Red Ted entered the world about five and a half months ago. And since that time, things have completely changed for the Bulls. So, uh, Fred, you like to bandy yourself as the prophet, but I'm going to say that my son, C. Red Ted, is the reason that that the Chicago Bulls franchise has been turning around. His arrival has made this possible. So uh, I'm running with that this morning.
0: Well, you could argue that, Mark, but I also foresaw him being born. So uh, I think (laughs) I had something to do with the prediction and the uh, belief that uh, his birth would... (laughs) Would uh, yield in a a period of great great promise for Advice. a beloved bull. <laughs> this, this, <laughs> I'm this looking was forward to that because I told you <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, when you told me six months ago, I predicted that he would be eventually born. And you know what? I got to tell you, uh, this is a great time. It's a time for celebration for all of us. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm very happy that you have a child to enjoy this with. I have a yeah. young son who's in seventh grade, and I enjoy it too. Um, so why don't we uh, get around a campfire, get some marshmallows, and, and enjoy the show? That,
1: that sounds like a great <laughs> idea, Fred. Are you now convinced the Bulls might do okay on these next three games against LA and Denver? Because you know, just a few days ago, after we were defeated soundly by the Golden State Warriors, I had to talk you off the ledge a little bit. You seemed to think that maybe these next three games would be struggles, and I, I noted that you know, the Clippers might not be so great and. That LeBron was going to miss the Lakers game, and that the the Bulls would probably fare okay over this three game stretch. Uh, you, I love, love how my one,
0: I, I love how my one negative prediction probably in the last six months, and you're going to highlight it right here and to start the show. I mean, it's so you know rare. darn well, <laughs> you know so darn rare. well that game against did not look good. They did not look good in that loss against Golden State. But I had, uh, you know, I I hate to say this, but I doubted Billy's ability to just come through, and man, oh man, has this guy been coaching his rear end-off. Last night against the Lakers, you know, we have some more celebrated coaches in New York who would have gone out and just, you know, let's run our standard <laughs> offense. Let's run our standard defense, excuse me. Let's run our standard defense against these guys. What does Billy Donovan do? He says, heck with that, we're going to double on Davis every time. We're going to force other players on Lakers to beat us. He doubles. He gets two points in the first quarter, and really it's, it's, you know, I know he finished with a decent line, but – uh, the Bulls dominating Anthony Davis down low with a team of guards is just utterly amazing, and Billy Donovan deserves far more credit than he's getting.
2: Yeah, for sure. And look, I, I'm, I'm as good as that was. Like, I don't know if that's a product of the Bulls being so good, the Billy Donovan being amazing. Like, obviously they did all the right things and they did the basics. Like, that's how I would have guarded Anthony Davis too, because you didn't really have any other options. But it kind of speaks to. Davis just being a a beater kind of player, like he should have absolutely dominated the Bulls, but didn't. Like, that's, that's on Davis, but it's it's also a, a product of the Lakers just being a, just a god-awful roster and the way they've constructed that roster against or with, you know, LeBron and, and, and Anthony Davis. Like, you can double and triple Anthony Davis when you've got Rondo and Westbrook on the court together or when you've got Avery Bradley out there or, you know, the bunch of other bums that the Lakers were th- sort of throwing out there. So, the Bulls did the right thing. They, they had the right strategy against the Lakers, but so much of this is a product of the Lakers just being... A terrible roster and you know the fact that Davis just isn't a lead guy at all so he should be embarrassed that Derek Jones Jr outplayed him at center and that's exactly what happened last night like Derek Jones Jr was the best center on the court last night which is ridiculous to say given that Derek Jones Jr is a six foot five guy that's built like a guard but he was the best center on the court last night which is is shameful for Anthony Davis.
1: Yeah the one thing I thought was interesting about the, the game last night is it started off with the lakers moving the ball around the bulls aggressively doubling davis and the lakers getting just opportunity after, opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to hit open threes and they just like clanked them like over mm-hmm. and over and over again and now that i'm thinking about it i'm wondering if i'm conflating the clippers game with the lakers game but there's I mean, a, you are. yeah there's it's just like a little bit of this like we got a little bit lucky with some of that too when we were hard doubling and trapping we were doing the same thing to an extent against paul george and, you know, these, these guys are getting open shots and, you know. These teams that were a little bit better shooting had off shooting nights, and that also allowed the Bulls to do well. But you know what? That's you—you you try to force that action, and then if they don't hit those shots, you keep it going, and that's what they did. And sometimes those role players will beat you if they start knocking down three, four threes in a row. We probably would have switched up our tactics and tried something else. So you know, it was like, to your point, Mark, exactly what I would have tried as well, particularly against Davis, where they didn't really have anything else. I'm content to let Russell Westbrook try and beat me one on one, like that's that's no problem for me at all. Uh, lots of talk about uh, Alex Caruso's contract. I think it just came up because he was coming back to LA, and I don't know if you guys saw the video where he blinked to say, you know, the, the Lakers offered him less than two two fifteen. You know, as it turns out, yeah. a little controversial, they offered him three twenty one, which was less on a per year basis, which was more total guaranteed money, and then he came back and said, "What if you give me two two twenty, uh, which was more on a per year basis, but but fewer years." In the end he, he ended up electing to go to Chicago, which, you know, has worked out just fine for us. Uh what do you think? Is it a mistake for the Lakers? And I, I know it's not the Lakers beat, but I'm just curious, so much has been said about it in the last week. Do you think it's a mistake for the Lakers? Uh what say you? Absolutely it's a mistake. It's
0: a it's a massive mistake. When you look at that team defensively on the perimeter, they went from a team with, you know, KCP and 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 uh Caruso, who were elite defenders on the perimeter who really helped you know, make the job easier for for um, Davis and, and LeBron to who scares you on the perimeter here for this team. They chose Monk over you know, Monk's not a good defender. Bazemore well past his prime. They were he was good at one point. He's not that great anymore. I mean, I just couldn't get over I, I Doug. I just felt I kind of disagree with you a little bit. I I thought some of the shot selection was absolutely atrocious last night from the Lakers. You saw Bradley throw up. Uh, several contested threes. Ellington was like one of five, and I know he's a decent three-point shooter, but again, I thought their shot selection was atrocious. And, you know, he basically they chose Horton Tucker over Mike Caruso, and I don't think that's a smart move. I think Caruso's a much better fit for a team uh, that won a title, and I don't really understand what they were doing in, in the big picture here. And I, I think that's obviously reflect, reflected in their disappointing start and the Wizards' positive start. So um, it was a massive mistake, and they should have just paid Caruso, and for them to go cheap is uh, inexcusable.
2: Yeah, and in addition to that, like there was a report going around this morning, or a story from Chris Hayes, Haynes rather, from uh, from Yahoo about DeRozan going to the Lakers at some point, but then that idea got shelved, that sign and trade got shelved because they went the Westbrook route. So they sort of screwed it up with the whole Buddy Heald thing, and they could have got him with with LeBron and Anthony Davis, that would have been a much better fit. They obviously didn't do that. They could have got Demar to play that that third guy, let's say, next to Davis and LeBron, which would have been a good fit. They didn't do that. They went the Westbrook route. They didn't sign Caruso. And, you know, the Lakers making these dumb decisions has been uh, you know, to the beneficiary of the Bulls, and we sort of saw that culminate last night where the Bulls were just I don't know, they just look so much more faster, so much more athletic, so much more younger, I guess, as well. And More of a team as well. Like, I I think this is the thing that I keep coming back to, guys. Like, we're we're 14 14 games into this season. And look, I expected the Bulls to look like this somewhere in the middle of the season. But the rate at which they've sort of come together and gelled as a team to have 10 wins after 14 games, like, you see teams like the Celtics and the Hawks, they're floundering along. Like, those teams should be better than the Bulls, given that they. Are effectively the same team coming back from last season, but for whatever reason, they're, they're just, it's just not working internally, I suppose. But to the Bulls to be this cohesive this soon and the impact that guys like Alonso and Caruso had and, and the way they impacted that game specifically against the Lakers, uh, yeah, it was just poultry in motion, emotion, I suppose. It was, it was pure bliss for me watching that.
1: I loved the fact of that game where we had uh, DeMar and Zach like leaning against each other at the end. And it mm. uh, tweeted out, reminded me of Pippin and Jordan and the flu game. Even though obviously <laughs> no one had the flu, but just sort of this like you know really closeness that has developed. You've seen that with Lonzo and guys too. Like everyone on this team seems to really you know love each other and be very happy about it. To your point, uh, I, I think that's great. The one thing I'm going to add about Caruso and to a lesser extent Damar, I don't know how you chose Russell Westbrook over Demar, especially given the contract situation and the fact that you're in the tax. Like you could have had Demar and Caruso instead of Westbrook right? Like just salary wise, those two guys make less than Westbrook does. So if you were concerned about the tax, that's like an especially stupid move. Uh So that one like really boggles my mind. Caruso, I kind of get like, if you're just thinking like, I got to pay 17 million in tax or 20 million in tax per year on him. And you say like, yeah, I don't know that this guy's really adding, you know, 30 million in value at the end of the day. You know, I kind of understand that. I mean, the Lakers make so much money that I think they could kind of you know, just live with it anyway, especially if they really want to be a contender, like it made sense to do that. But I sort of get it. The fact that they tried to convince him that like, oh, look at how much tax we'd have to pay. Poor us, you know, like you, even yeah. though you've only made five million in your career, should, should sign here for less. Like, you know, no, I mean, I don't think there's any hurt feelings anywhere around, but, but yeah, I, I just, I, I don't blame them so much. Like it's, it's like it's when you're deep into the tax and this is kind of maybe Fred Tar point on the book. No, dog, dog, dog. You got to you gotta you figure to out who cut you're going to you pay.
2: Yeah. No, no, screw the Lakers. Screw the Lakers. The Lakers I right. stuffed Lakers. up. So let's, just, so let's just keep running this down. Like yeah, the Bulls me, absolutely just dominated the Lakers last night. Let's just get on our horse now while we can. Just, just yeah. Screw the Lakers.
0: Let me jump in on this. There's no organization less deserving of getting LeBron James than arguably the Lakers. <laughs> 2016, they signed Nuol Deng and Mozgov to two of the dumbest, stupidest contracts in the history of the NBA. And you know, a couple of years later, they get LeBron James. The only reason they got LeBron James is where they reside. They happen to reside in one of the most beautiful, you know, weather cities in the in the in the world. So they're the Los Angeles Lakers, and they get LeBron James. They did nothing to deserve him and you know i can't wait for enough bad things to happen to that organization from here to kingdom come they make me sick <laughs> they're disgusting i'm glad we destroyed them yesterday and uh yes. you know overall big deal i mean they won one title in the in the bubble which was you know beyond bizarre what happened down there so you know i think overall uh when you look at some of the, the talent that they sent out and the talent they brought back in really what have they what have they really done that was a great you know, fantastic move outside of getting Davis, and even in doing so, you sent a ton of talent out. That you know, obviously, look what Lonzo did yesterday. You know what? What did they really do? Big picture to me, that was LeBron's decision, Doug. I you know. I think he he's the guy who calls the shots there. He chose Westbrook over to Rosen, and that's his fault. And it's all on him.
1: All right, I, I agree. We shouldn't make this the Lakers beat. F the Lakers. And uh but <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, do you, you agree not- with me? Yeah, Wasn't I that his I decision? I don't know if yeah. it was his decision or not probably but I will say their title is completely fluky. It was the easiest title anyone's won in like forever. They didn't beat anyone out there. The bubble worked perfectly for them because you had older guys who didn't want to didn't have to travel then and had an easier time and more rest. I, it was actually just a perfect storm that they even won that one title and they weren't going to win another one and I said so after they won that one. So uh ignoring the Lakers beat now we'll throw <laughs> put a pin on in those guys. Uh so Billy Donovan making adjustments. We saw Caruso in the starting lineup. Uh, What do you guys uh, think of that, Mark? Yeah, look, I
2: don't know how to to, to feel about it, to be honest with you, because I I prefer Caruso off the bench, but you can't argue with the results either. Like, it it made a lot of sense to obviously start Caruso against the Clippers. That way, he would get you know, more exposure, more time on Paul George, and then continuing that in, in against the Lakers type thing. There was talk that maybe they should have done that against the Warriors and started Caruso against the Warriors and put him on Curry from the jump, which I, I, it has its merits. And I know, Frederick, you were very keen to point out to me that, um, you know, <laughs> Caruso should be starting, Javante should be on the bench, Javante shouldn't be playing, all this sort of stuff. But look, I, I, I like, <laughs> it, it can work for now, let's say. But I ideally, I, I still prefer him off the bench, um, maybe maybe it makes more sense um for now, but I I just like the idea of having having Caruso on the bench with with a fully healthy Kobe, and then those two countering Lonzo and Levine when they go to the bench. So I ideally that's where I like it to be, want it to be. I think that makes more sense. And I think if you have Caruso more in like a twenty to twenty five minute role, then he can just go balls to the walls for those complete for those minutes. Whereas if you're trying to rely on him for thirty thirty two thirty four minutes, then he can maybe get exposed from a foul point of view because he does go so hard. So it's just something to consider. Like, do you get the best version of Caruso because he plays less minutes and he can go crazier for longer or for a short amount of time? Or, you know, are you going to get the same version of him if you're playing longer? That I don't know, but... Uh, at the same time, like I said, I, I can't argue the results. He was awesome uh, against the Clippers. He's all, always awesome defensively. And, you know, so long as the Bulls continue playing like this, then I don't really care, to be honest with you.
1: I will say, you know, the Bulls won the first quarter against the Golden State Warriors. So yeah, they Like, did. like, they like did. if mm. you yeah. started Caruso, it's not like, oh, wow, that game would have totally turned mm-hmm. around differently, which is, you know, kind of the point I've been making to Fred. Like, it, it's not Well, so they might have had start, double but, the lead. Right. They could have had twice the lead. Yeah, I mean his odd off numbers in that game probably weren't real good. So maybe maybe we just need less crew, So I mean,
0: well either and, <laughs> either were Javantes. <laughs> are we going to no. argue here who's better player? Come on, no, what are you no, talking we're not. About? We're not. I don't yeah, believe that. Right. I
1: guess all I'm saying is again, I don't think the starter is that important as much as who's getting minutes is the most important thing. Um, yeah. And so so Fred, I want to throw out a stat for you. You have been bemoaning the Bulls' lack of size, and bemoaning how they get killed on the glass. Uh, Bulls actually 11th in defensive rebounding percentage, above average, an above average defensive rebounding team.
0: Yeah, well, what say you? Uh, Vucevic is an excellent rebounder. That's number one. Number two, I know you've been kind of throwing this in my face. Hey, let's go small. Let's go small. This isn't going to work. When we start getting into playoffs in the East, we need to acquire one more big at the power forward position. When you look at the teams that we struggle against, like the Sixers, like the Knicks, all these guys have massive front courts and you're not going to get away with playing little, Six-foot-five guys, six-foot-four guys at the four. It just isn't going to work. So that's my point. Big picture for us to optimize. You know, teams like the Clippers, they feed right into our hands. Teams out west are feeding right into our hands going with the small lineup. But if you look to the east and you look at the teams we've already struggled with, we need to have more size in the front court. Who is the team that debatable. kicked their ass
1: and, and how how big we were they? Lost the we
0: lost to the Sixers twice with Embiid. We lost to the Sixers twice with Embiid. We lost to the, the Knicks who have a big, a big. Who is, huge who is the front team court. that kicked their ass? Kicked it, What are you talking about? Kicked well, our we ass. We got our
1: ass kicked once. We lost three games that we were within a shot within 30 What's seconds. What's this about? Of
0: the game. Yes, we're about winning
1: a title. If we yeah, want to no, win which, a title, we team, need one more big guy. Which, which right? team was the one that beat us up? Which team we're 0 did, we have, no chance at? Which team did we're we have no two chance against the Sixers. Which team did we win? two against the Sixers. Yeah, we had a chance we're to 0 win. two against the Sixers. <laughs> <laughs> this is great minute, podcasting. Within one minute, <laughs> you had a chance to win the game. That's a, it's a coin flip. It's a coin it's flip not game. A coin flip. It is. It's, it's a coin, a coin flip, flip, flip game. If you're within one shot, within a minute, it's a coin how many, flip game.
0: How many times have we played the Bucks? We're gonna have to go through Milwaukee, right? Do they not, or do they have a big front court? We need one more
1: big four. Uh, Alex I don't understand. Is gonna just solo guard Giannis. Yeah, it's Giannis close. exactly.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and Lopez. Yeah, he's gonna keep Lopez off. I don't understand why people are debating me on this. I don't. I don't care what our ranking is right now. Yes, we have some fantastic guards who rebound. They're not gonna be able to do it against the bigger players in the East. We need a bigger four. Mark, what say you?
2: Well, I mean, let me say this. Are we having this conversation right now about you know, the need for another big guy if Tony Bradley was playing better? Like he's been starting for the Bulls in place of Vucevic and hasn't really been able to hold his own as a starter, which isn't too surprising. And the Bulls are asking him probably to do a little bit more than what he's capable of doing. But if Tony Bradley was playing up to a level that you would expect maybe a reserve guy to come in as a starter, are we having this conversation right now?
0: I'm not talking about a Tony Bradley center type. I'm talking about a Harrison Barnes, a guy who's 6'8", 225, that can rebound and guard multiple positions in the front court. doesn't have to be a center. Daniel Gafford would have been nice. I would have loved to have him on this roster. I think he would have been a perfect fit. But, you know, a guy like that that can go at the 4 and 5, occasionally pick up bigs, doesn't have to be just a pure center. Tony Bradley, I don't think, first of all, second half yesterday he played fine. His first half was awful. He has very small hands like Omar Asik. And, you know, that's his issue is that he did not play that well in the first half. But overall, I think he's been fine. But we don't have enough guys like him with Vucevic out. When Vucevic is healthy, I just want one more athletic big who's got a little bit more weight than Derek Jones Jr. and Javante Green, who are both at 200 pounds. And when you're going up against guys like on the
1: Knicks with a big front court that are
0: 230, 240, it's not going to work. Just not. So so I I want to win a title. Who
1: is the guy that you would take that's like a $10 million player? Like you know, like you're. I mean, I guess maybe the question is, I'm I'm with you. If we can trade for Harrison Barnes, a, a Jeremy Grant, a Pascal Siakam, those are the three guys I threw out there. You know, Christian Wood, you threw out you, Christian you, Wood's bigger. Christian Wood would be another guy I would consider trading for. You know, but like those guys are all going to command maybe more than we can even offer. Like we like if we just said here's our best offer that we could reasonably make, some other team might offer more than that offer for all three of those or all four of those guys even. Uh so like who's the guy that you think like if you could get the equivalent of Derek Jones Jr but he's a power forward, and I don't even know who that is in the league. But you know some guy who's a forward doesn't really add a whole lot on offense, doesn't have a lot of skill, but he just has size and some beef to him. Like who is that guy that you would you would get? Taj Gibson.
0: Guy like that, maybe uh you know, preferably a younger version. You know, I don't. I don't really know off the top of my head. I threw out Kelly Olenek. I think he would be a perfect fit. A guy like that. I know the salary is, doesn't fit into what you're 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 requiring.
1: Why does it have to be ten million? No, I'm just saying, like a guy that's gettable. Like, yeah, I, I, sure. If you can get a star guy, it doesn't have to be ten million. I I'm just like a guy that's gettable. Like I said, those other guys, I like them that I just named. But I just wonder, like, if we said, hey, here's Kobe, here's Pat, here's the Portland pick, and here's matching salary, some other team, I think, is going to come up with something more enticing than that. And we wouldn't get we wouldn't get any of those guys, I think, for that package. And I don't know that we have anything else to offer. So that, that's my only point. It's like, yeah, I agree. If we can get a guy like that, we should. Uh, I just don't know that that's even possible.
0: Doug, why do you? I get the vibe that you don't think this is an issue.
1: No, I I think it's an issue, but it's like if you can't solve it. So I'm just saying, how are you going to solve it? If you name guys that you can't get, you're not solving it. You're just saying, yeah.
0: Here's like, a guy. Here's a guy. Let me throw out Jonathan Isaac, two thirty six ten. No, screw him. Oh, come on. (laughs) Here he goes just because of his uh, vaccine status. I understand, yes, that's not ideal, but he's also 6'10", 230, and he plays incredible defense, and he might be gettable when he gets healthy. That's like the type of guy I'm throwing out there. Let's throw out some teams that are going to make a trade. How about the Houston Rockets roster? We talked about Christian Wood. Let's throw out the teams that aren't going to be in there. Well, pistons. here's one
2: for you that I've randomly th- – look, I, I completely disagree. I don't think they need a big, big guy, but I think they need another, you know, forward type. And that's which is why I've been, you know, hammering the Harrison Barnes thing. But if he's not gettable, what about sending Portland's first-round pick back to Portland for Robert Covington?
0: Hmm. That's not a bad idea. How, but isn't he making uber dollars? He's making more than no, I technology. think so.
2: I look off the top of my head, it's around $12, $15 million, but I, I could be wrong. But he's the type of forward that I'm thinking about, like a 3-4 type. What about type. Trey
0: Lyles? No, he
2: stinks. He stinks.
0: I like, I like why, Trey why Lyles. Why are we talking
2: trades? The Bulls are winning. Why are we talking <laughs> trades?
0: Because I want to win a title, a title, Mark. We want to win a title, <laughs> and we're a four away from winning a title. Javante Green cannot be playing major minutes in rotation. I understand. Every time I tweet negative about him, he comes up why with his running Javonte? hook. He comes what up with a running mean? hook and then you say, Did you see that? Did you see what Javante did? And when you tweet that, then he shoots an air ball three. This happens every <laughs> game. It goes back and forth when we start arguing about Javante Green, and I'm tired of it. I want a better player at the floor.
1: <laughs> I like I like Trey Lyles actually as a guy that you could almost certainly get, would almost certainly cost you nothing, and would just solve your issue, Fred, of having another big strong. He's 6'9", yeah. nine, yeah, But like, just getting another guy who's like, like, like Javante Green kind of stinks too, and Tony Bradley kind of stinks nah. too. But like, they can they can do okay like in the right moment. And Trey Lyles <laughs> would maybe be a guy who could do okay in the right moment, relative to the fact that if we're trying to guard Julius Randle, who's just bulldozing people, like you might be able to throw Trey Lyles in front of him, and he might do better than than Derrick Jones Jr. Like, it's just a situational role player to add diversity in in terms of what you can offer on your bench. He would maybe provide a different look. Like like you might be able to trade Troy Brown Jr. for him. Like, what is Troy Brown Jr. gonna do for you this year? Like he's he's below Javante Green, he's below Derrick Jones Jr. I don't think he has any chance of passing either of those guys. Kobe White's probably gonna pass him like like and he doesn't add anything that those guys don't add. So he he adds nothing at all for you. And so if you swapped him for Trey Lyles, who might be similarly bad, but at least, you know, when you're like, wow, you know what I could do is I could use another guy who's just not gonna get run over by a six uh, six, ten, two hundred forty pound dude. You know, Trey Lyles could maybe do that, and and you don't have anyone else who can do that now. So, like in that sense, you know, like not a, I agree, not a great player, but someone who adds a little bit of diversity to your your bench. I think maybe he could be be useful. And I think, like I said, you could probably get him for Troy Brown Jr., who I, I don't think does anything. Would you do that
2: trade, Mark? Well, no, I don't don't like Trey Lyles. I think he stinks. I think I've made that that (laughs) clear. But, like, I I guess the point that I don't disagree that the Bulls ultimately need to make a trade. I even, you know, tweeted out the other day, like, I feel like with the league being the way it is and I, I feel like it's wide open right now, like a team like the Bulls could sneak out a title. And we talked about this last week. So I, I I do think they should be going win now mode and, and trading whatever available assets they do have for a win now player right now to sort of maximize this next one two three year window whatever it may be because you you never know with these things like I don't really want to be talking about what Pat Williams could be in at twenty five and 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 you know what he ultimately could be because. I don't really care because I I think this team could win a title right now, depending on how things shape. So I I guess ultimately, yes, I I agree that they need to make one more move to maybe sort of really push them past um, maybe some other teams out in the Eastern Conference, let's say. But the, the thing that's really encouraging for me at the moment is the fact that the you know Billy Donovan is finding ways to to mitigate these issues that do exist like we can all agree that there are certain flaws within the roster the lack of shooting maybe the lack of size but at the moment the team the players the way they're executing but the scheme itself and the the, the you know the decisions that Billy Donovan is making like the balls are sort of out scheming their flaws at the moment so like that that is the super encouraging thing with this so yes go make a trade but a trade is an upside move. The, the the what they're doing at the moment, the way they're getting around these things, that to me is the more encouraging
0: thing. I have no doubt, Mark, that we could win forty seven to fifty five games without doing anything. You know, that's not yeah, what I'm talking about. Sure. I think, yeah, but that's what you can do in a regular season when pace is up and guys like you know Derek Jones Jr. and Javante Green are successful. But. Let's be honest. Chances are when things slow down in the playoffs, they're not going to be as successful as they are right now in a regular season. We're going to need one of these guys. And the name I keep on hearing people throw around, they threw it around today on Waddle and Sylvie when I was waiting, is a—is a Marvin Bagley. And I'm like, no, that's exactly no. not what we need. He's a horrible no. defender. He's one of the worst in the league in terms of defense. He's exactly what we don't need. Just want like a yeah, Taj Gibson. Like a Taj Gibson type that can bring you, bring it to you, rebound and play defense, and just help us. When we play some of these bigger lineups that are presented with the Nets, with the Bucks. You know, if to get by those teams, we're going to need a little bit more weight in the front court.
1: Yeah, at I, I, Prime, Udonis has them. Another other guy, or like a yeah. PJ Brown, or great, something. Like, great calls. Uh, a guy like that. And I and I don't I don't know like I like who out there is like that, like that, like that. You in some ways, that even like player archetype. Yeah, is that, that player doesn't really exist. Like the power forward that shoots like mid range jumpers and. You know, it's just like there's just not many guys that are that are building their game in in that type of way uh, these days. So to move it along a little bit, maybe I'll just say, interestingly, do you think the Bulls in the short run, just say the first two, three months of the season, are they actually better without Pat Williams? Yes. Playing?
2: Yes, 100%. There's no question about that, and and the minute he he went out of the the roster the rotation, they you know we we can laugh about Javante Frederick, but like he plays harder than than Patrick. He's he he understands his role. He's not timid. He's not scared, and you know the, he's not being force fed possessions as well. Uh, and you don't have an expectation of Derek Jones Jr. or Javante to come in and do these sorts of things. So have they, have the Bulls better been better without Patrick Williams? Absolutely. I, I don't think that's debatable.
0: Yeah, I, I would have to agree with you, Mark. I, I I'm very hesitant to talk like this because I'm worried about you know a whole, whole group of fans coming with pitchforks and knives uh, to my house. <laughs> but uh, I mean, Javante Green plays significantly harder. Not only that, I'll point to um, you know even Tony Bradley, who we've all been you know disappointed in his performance in the first half. There was a play in the second half yesterday where he contested a ball at the rim, sprinted full court. To the opposite end, drew in a couple guys, and then allowed ball to hit a wide open three in the perimeter. That play alone, I saw. I, I haven't seen you know Williams do anything like that. Just where he just played full out that hard all year last season in two thousand minutes. So he he's got to learn to get a better motor, or else I'm really concerned that this is not going to be the pick that we envisioned with number four overall. So yeah. that said, that said, Williams could solve the problem if he comes back before the end of the year and really starts playing with some aggressiveness and just says, you know what? I want to be a four, use my size and really play and fight hard. And then maybe we don't have to make the trade and hope that he can grow into that player. He's got the body for it, Mark. That's exactly what we need, right?
2: yeah but i mean like can you teach aggression can you teach or you know force him to be something he's not from a pure mentality point of view like again i was thinking this watching the lakers game the clippers game but like io is 14 games into his season and look i wasn't the biggest io guy coming out of the draft but what i did like realize what's was no matter what his ceiling was that dude was going to reach his peak because he has confidence in himself he has the ability to just go out there and, and not really care and just he's prepared to make mis- mistakes and prepared to just play you know or find out what his best best case scenario is and like i have no uh, concerns or questions around io reaching his his peak form whatever that may be because he's prepared to go out there and do it whereas you know, you you watch guys like Patrick Williams and in, in years past before, like Larry Markinen and Wendell Carter, guys who just got in their head too much and maybe overthought things, and, and you just you could see them limiting themselves. Whereas someone like Io, for example, just comes out and just does Io things. And I was sitting there watching Io, just thinking like, man, if if Patrick Williams had this mentality, that this guy has as a second rounder then he would be the player that we would need a power forward for it. So you can say like when he comes back in, if he were to come back this season, that maybe he solves a problem. I don't think he would because I just don't think he has that IO mentality, which I wish he kind of had. And, and if he did, I would feel completely different about him. But at this point, there's been no science to suggest Patrick Williams shows that. But yeah, I don't know. It, it is what it is. We, we can bang about Patrick Williams' trades uh, long, uh, you know, for days and days, but there, there's better things to talk
1: about. It's funny because Io makes so many mistakes. Yeah. Like, he but that's does. good. He makes so many. Like, he makes he makes terrible passes. He he's trying to like break Kobe White's record of getting yeah. blocked at the rim. <laughs> like he just just like just. But the thing is, he presses all the time. He's always on. And so like for every one of those mistakes, he also does something incredibly disruptive. He also jumps up and rebounds over like Anthony Davis. He like does something incredible. And so yeah. He's out there making mistakes, but you completely live with that because over time, that Mm -hmm. level of aggression, those mistakes are going to become less and less as he learns what he can and cannot do. And all of those great plays are still going to exist. And he's going to be a really solid player. So I don't and I'm actually thrilled in some ways. And Fred, I know you're going to love this. How many minutes would Io play if Tom Thibodeau was the head coach? <laughs> That's like, you know, like I <laughs> love the fact that, that Donovan exactly. I love the fact that Donovan is willing to let Io like hustle through all of those mistakes because he's like, yeah, some of the total impact here is really good, even though this guy just like had his like third turnover in a row trying to like lead a fast breakthrough transition. But that was after he stole the ball and like ripped the rebound out of Anthony Davis's hands or like whatever other crazy good thing he did, you know, like he giveth and he taketh. But like the overall impact has been really good. And like I said, the the longer you let him play through that, especially seeing what he's doing, the better and better the returns are going to be for having him. And he solves a big problem for the Bulls going in, into next year, I think. And this is one of the reasons why I kind of like Javante Green and I like the fact that the Bulls are giving him minutes too. Green's here for another year at the minimum. And you can say he's not a great player, and I would agree. Derek Jones Jr. is making $10 million, and he's probably not going to be back. The Bulls are going to have only so much room you know, to spend. And so getting a guy like Green who can be a contributor and having Io who can be a contributor on these minimum salary deals going forward is going to have long-term benefits for Chicago. Uh, to move this along to one other thing, Nikola Vucevic... Someone uh, brought up, would you undo this trade? And I think I am the only one in the world who says, uh, who says yes. So shout out to, to Calvin Wisen, who I promised I would give a shout out to, uh, <laughs> for saying "You know, the, the reason you can't undo this trade is because DeMar doesn't come and because he didn't mention Ball specifically, but I've heard other people argue because Ball doesn't come. I think Ball just wanted Chicago. He wanted the market. I think DeMar came because we are the only team that was offering him lots of money. So I don't think that end is true. If it is true, then of course you take this trade. If he was the key to make all this happen, uh, I think that's one of those things that's unknowable. But if it is true, you have to keep this trade. Assuming for a second that those guys come anyway, uh, would you do undo this trade uh, today? Uh, what say you? <laughs> well, I, again,
0: I'm worried about the pitchforks and the, and, the, and the, uh, the the torches. I oh, would, no. I, I would for this reason. I think Ben Simmons is gettable with oh. those assets. And I am going to hold out. <laughs> I'm going to hold out and say I think Ben Simmons on this team fits perfectly. I think you play him at the power forward position. I think he's at six eleven, two hundred and fifty pounds. He's an elite athlete, and you really create something that's special here. Uh, you run him um, when uh, DeRozan and Levine are at the top of the key, and they throw that pocket. You run him at that free throw line, and you have him run three on four, four on three, uh, three on two, four on three. I think uh, I think it would be possible if we would have held, if we would have held on to him to get uh, Ben Simmons. But uh, Mark, I, I sense you don't like Ben Simmons as much as I do. I thought you were on on my side with that one. Well, I mean, what
2: what are you two banging on about? Like, this is ridiculous. Like, I'm I'm Australian, so yes, I, I probably ap- appreciate Ben Simmons more than most. Uh, I'm going to go out and say that I'm the biggest Wendell fan out there. I don't know if that's true or not. There's probably some uh, some others out there who are equal, if not more. But I'm just going to claim Apparently it here on the me. podcast. Well, yeah, well, maybe. But, like, I, I, don't, I don't understand what you guys are saying. Like, firstly, the, the Ben Simmons thing makes no sense because you, you've acquired DeMar and you've got Lomzo. Like, why would you want a, a player like Ben Simmons who doesn't really fit with those guys? Like, maybe before you got those guys, I, I understood the, the appeal of getting Ben Simmons, but not now. Like, it doesn't make any sense. And if anything, I would want to have Ben Simmons next to Vucevic because Vucevic maybe Ball brings up the hit
0: best. Seven at- three-pointers. He just hit seven three pointers. He just hit seven three pointers. Why would he not so? fit with Ben Simmons? He's a fantastic because, shooter. That's what you got to put Ben They're both
1: point guards. I like, you, you, you don't I, want that. I, I, I think I, Ball and Simmons would fit. Yes, Ball doesn't really do half nah, court. I, I, I court don't, don't feel
2: it. Don't feel it. So I th- love Simmons that, at that's center. That's a terrible idea. I, I say
1: you run him at center. F- now that Fred told me he's six eleven, I'm like, and I thought he was like six because I'm a moron, I guess. <laughs> no, but like, like. Now that I know he's six eleven, I'm like, man, Ben Simmons is center. No yeah. wonder he doesn't fit with Embiid. Just just run him at center. Just there we put go. Shooters around him. There run him, him at Center. I agree. Anyway, I little still little. Don't like
2: Ben Simmons. <laughs> but look, look, that, that's the Ben Simmons thing. I think that doesn't make any sense at all. And I heard that on the Big Red Bus the other day. And as I was listening, you know, listening to the podcast, walking the dogs, I was visibly angry at the the suggestion. But the other, the other, the other topic here was um, who was it? Going back and undoing the Vuce trade. Like no, like we're not talking about the Bulls being a win now proposition now. If you if you don't do the Voot of it straight if you keep Wendell Carter. And again, I say this as one of the biggest Wendell fans going around. And Wendell is having a fantastic season in Orlando. He's shooting like 45 damn percent from three-point line. His passing's coming along. He's looking like the Wendell that I believed in. So I'm very happy about that. But I I still don't believe you get that in Chicago necessarily. And even even beyond that, like we're talking about the the Bulls being one player away from a championship. We're we're talking about them being win-now mode. And unless you're using the assets there to go and get a different player then Vucevic to make another trade. It doesn't make sense because if we're, if we're talking about the Bulls being win now, then Wendell is still young and developing. Franz Wagner is not necessarily helping your title chase. Um, you know, maybe, maybe, like I said, if you package them up for a different player, potentially, but... You guys haven't offered me that suggestion. So, and, and, I mean, Fred has, I guess, with the Ben Simmons thing, and I just shot that down completely. But um, I, I think they made the right decision. Trading for Vooch was the right call. Um, it, it just established, and this is the key thing, like it established the Bulls, at that AK were prepared to make moves that the previous shitty regime weren't prepared to do, that was suggested the Bulls are back, that they want to actually um, operate like a big market team. And that, to me, is the, the biggest important thing about the vooch to trade, which which so much of the reason I think that DeRozan does come here. Like, does DeRozan come here without the Vooch trade? I don't think so. Vooch was on Twitter yesterday saying he was the reason that, uh, or his recruitment is the reason why DeRozan came, and I completely believe him.
1: Yeah, I just like I said, his his other offer that we know of on the table was the taxpayer mid level exception from the Clippers, and I'm just going to go out and say that the uh, seventy million or so extra dollars was the reason that DeMarz and DeRozan is here. <laughs> <laughs> just, just my opinion. Well, we, just my we, opinion. Well, like I brought up
2: before, though, like we, we just released this morning, um, per per Yahoo, per Chris Haynes, like the Lakers and Demar were trying to organize a sign and trade, and they didn't. Now, obviously,
1: the Bulls they didn't. Yeah, they and, didn't and have the Bulls money, and they, the, and they didn't. Like they did have they, the money for a sign and trade. They 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 didn't once they got Westbrook and the, Westbrook and the Westbrook, They, they, yes, they that, ended that. So, ended so that, that Ended that pursuit, and so when Demar was out there. Like, we were pretty far into free agency at that point. Like, the money was, like, kind of dried up. Anyway, like I said, I'm always saying ignoring that. Ignoring the Vucevic, Vucevic recruitment of DeMar, assuming you still could have the same team. I would take Wendell Carter and Franz Wagner right now. And I know that's I'm probably going to age <laughs> poorly, but I would do it. I'm the only one. I'm the only one. I'm on I'm on Wendell <laughs> Carter hey. Island. And, you know, like, I, a lot of people are in the national media to kind of mix into my next topic. They're starting to apologize for their takes on the Bulls. Uh, John Hollinger came out and said, Hey, I was wrong. Wrote a little article on the athletic. This is why I was wrong. You know, the, the Bulls fit together perfectly. They can switch everything. You know, he fits in their offense and like all the things that like we kind of knew could happen if the upside worked, but we were also scared of Mm -hmm. all the things Hollinger said is the downside. The upside hit and it's been great. So you have a, you have a flurry of guys starting to apologize. And so, you know, here's what I ask when you, when you're trying to, to make takes. On anything, right? You either stick with your guns or you say, I was wrong. And you change your opinion and say, now I'm going to think this other thing. Like Fred and I on, on Lonzo Ball, who we weren't excited about Ball, but we've then said, hey, we're wrong. Ball has been great. This is, his shot is for real and, it, and it's okay. Now we, we have altered our opinion based on new evidence and this is the way we're going now.
0: Well, I never said I was wrong. I said I changed my I changed my opinion when he started hitting free throws. But go ahead, Doug. Sorry, uh, all right. I'm sorry
1: that that was so important. You had to you had to butt in just to just to make sure I knew that you would never admit to being wrong. All right. So so rational human beings admit when they're wrong because their opinion changes with 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 new evidence or or whatever. And and you know so that's all I ask. And and so in this case. You know, like I may be wrong, i Wendell Carter, uh, but at this point, I'm still sticking with my guns. I didn't like the trade before, I still don't like it now. And at some point, if uh, the Bulls win a title with Vooch, you can you can bet your ass I'll say I was wrong, I'm a moron, and that still may happen.
0: Uh, let me go on a record and say I support the trade. I supported it when it happened. I'm just saying in retrospect now, looking back, seeing how good Franz <laughs> Wagner has been and seeing how good Wendell Carter Jr. has played, I think I, I think you can make the argument that the Bulls would have the assets to acquire Ben Simmons. That's the only reason I'm saying in so retrospect. So happy with Ben Simmons, aren't you? <laughs> I, just, I think the guy would really put us over the top. But, um, well, big can picture, I ask you this, Fred? Yeah, yeah. Go this? ahead. Go ahead,
2: you, you did say Franz Wagner was going to be a bust. So, are I you saying now you were wrong did about that? Yes, I've got the receipts. Are you wrong on that? Can we get that on record?
0: <laughs> I, I, I am definitely on the record to say he's not a bust. Uh, so, I was wrong on that. That follows oh, the 7%. You it. The 7%. Let me go on though, to make another point, though, about Nick Friedel. Nick Friedel is one of these national writers that you're referring to, Doug who uh, continues to go on and dismiss the Bulls like he's done for the last decade. Um,
1: Probably rightly who, so for most of the w- decades, no, to be fair. No, no,
0: <laughs> no, no not really. Uh, he go, this is the same guy. So he, he goes on Wild and Sylvie last Friday, and he Im- immediately says the Bulls ceiling is you know not past the second round. This is the same guy who in 2000 who was against the Zach Levine trade, the same guy who believed we should not have matched the Kings offer, for Zach Levine, this is the same guy who said Derozan was uh, we overpaid for Derozan. The same guy who said the Bulls would be lucky to be uh, tenth or getting the play in. His credibility, he's got the credibility of a donut. This God, guy is why, not. Why are you bringing him up? Well, I'm pointing out that you're pointing out these national writers yeah. who continue uh, their inability to. I don't. I don't wrong. think
1: anyone. No, no offense to Nick Fordell. I guess maybe some offense to Nick Fordell, but I don't. You know I don't think anyone views Nick Fordell as a great basketball mind. <laughs> <laughs> like, like like covering the league like he like he's one of those guys he's like a reporter doing like like he was our local guy forever right like yeah. like you I mean if, if you were to to listen to all the different local people like you you kind of probably didn't think nick fredell was like a in the same tier as like casey johnson in terms of his like basketball knowledge like as an example like he's That's he's more point. of like like or even Joe Cowley. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. like he's more oh, yeah. of like in the Joe Cowley like ty- like so he's he he was not like a Joe Cowley. I'm gonna just write everything negative, but like Joe Cowley is another guy. Like you don't you don't read Joe Cowley and think like oh he's he a basketball guy. You think like well, this he, is he's a guy purposely who,
0: trying to? He's an yeah. entertainer. He's yeah, he's an entertainer. He's, nah, he's there trying, trying
1: to. He's, tr- he's there trying to rile people up. <laughs> you know, like he's got like the Howard Stern. Maybe they'll hate me and they'll read me. Kick. They'll just read me. They'll click just so they can fight about what I say. You know. But whatever. Like he's he's not but he's someone not who, dumb. No, he's he's not he's, dumb. but he's not yes, there he for is. his basketball acumen. Right. Like like Cowley like Cowley could cover anything. You could just put him onto like covering golf and he would just like pick the most negative storylines about golf and write about them. Like it wouldn't matter. Like his shtick would like – it's it's not a basketball shtick. He just happens to be covering basketball. And I think that Nick Friedle is more in that group. Like Casey Johnson is a, a very smart basketball mind. Like he couldn't just go cover college football in the same way he covers the NBA because he knows so much about basketball. Maybe he knows a ton about college football, I shouldn't assume. But my guess is, you know, he, he just <laughs> probably doesn't, right? Like he, he knows a lot about basketball. Nick Fridel is like another guy, like, like a generic reporter. He's a he's a journalist as his skill. His skill is journalism, his skill isn't basketball. And so, like, when you look at someone like John Hollinger, you know, or some of these other people who, like, Nate Duncan is one of my favorites who also ripped this trade and Danny LaRue uh, on the the Dunkdown podcast, uh, you know, like, no one liked this trade. But these are, like, really smart basketball analytical people who didn't like this move, you know, who are not just, like, random journalists. They're people who watch, you know, I know, I know Danny and Nate watch every single basketball game, like, every game in the league, like, every day and 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 cover it like these guys know what they're talking about and they they have these opinions anyway no one's confusing nick friedel with that type of guy right like he just gets the espn scouting report of like whatever the research guys say and then he he writes up something about it because he's a journalist and and so that's all i mean like it, it's it's not bad you know he can be a great journalist but you know like i i don't i don't care so much about those types of guys opinions as i do these other guys who are clearly you know like really deep into the basketball weeds
2: no, you're you're right, and and look, I I noted this the other day as well. Like Hollinger had the stones to come out and say he was wrong, which to me, you know, I appreciate, and and I won't, you know, John Hollinger's no longer on my shit list. Let's say I I have no issues with him now. Like he wrote some terrible stuff in the off season that I thought was stupid in the time and was going to clearly be proven wrong, and um, it has been proven wrong. But he owned that, so you know, credit to him for doing so. Um, you know, you, that's all you can do. You can give him credit for that for that situation. Whereas guys like. Cowley or Fridell or other dopes like that who continue to whatever their angle is will continue to just you know go down with it go down with the ship so to speak like Joe Cowley continues to talk about Zach Levine not being a max player or he's bad on defense or you know whatever nonsense he wants to talk up and you can say that it's due to you know just trying to be a troll and that's how he gets engagement but it just makes him look like a dope and similarly I think like Seth Part now at the moment is still doubling down on the fact that well you know, DeMar being this good at 32 wasn't a thing that could be foreseen. And that's his justification as to why, you know, he wasn't really wrong about his negative takes. No, No, you were wrong because you didn't actually predict or didn't see that maybe this version of DeRozan was possible because he was finally playing with a guy like Levine who could take pressure off him on the perimeter. Or he was finally playing with a center like Vucevic who could help enable his own game. So, yeah, I've got no issues with guys like Colangelo because they've come out and known it. But those that continue to be stubborn, they can get screwed.
1: Yeah. All right, we got ten minutes left. I got a bunch of quick topics. <laughs> All right, so just real quick, uh, I'm gonna for each one of these. Mark, you start. Fred, you go next. Um, we've had a lot of besides the Bulls. We've had some other successful teams, and I want you to tell me for real or BS, like not for real. Like this is this is either just a hot start, but they're gonna fall off. Uh, Washington nine and three. I think currently they're the second best team in the NBA for real or not for real for
2: real for the regular season
1: okay. not for real they'll yeah. they'll be in a play in by the time the season's over I'm with Fred I don't think they, I don't think they hold on to it All right uh we'll start with you on this one Fred because I'm more curious about your opinion the uh C, Cavs eye Fred here Cleveland Cavaliers <laughs> 9 and 6 They're absolutely for real
0: I mean uh Mobley's the real deal even though he was 0 for 11 yesterday the guy's one of the best rookies I've ever seen on the defensive end, and uh, they have a lot of good supporting players, so I'm absolutely all-in with the Cavs. I mean, all-in is well, in terms of they will be like 41 wins. They'll, they'll make the playoffs. Nobody, for they should for be real, is in this in this sense, they'll yes. make the
1: playoffs, not play in playoffs. They'll be in the top eight
0: after no, they'll the play-in be a, tournament. They will, not, they will lose in the play-in. They'll be on a nine or ten seed.
1: Okay, I'm going to count that as not for real then. All right. Okay. You, you mark.
2: <laughs> well, I think I think probably got hurt yesterday. If I'm not mistaken, so look, Are maybe that may influence the decision. But yeah, um, I believe he's oh, out. Look, for, maybe I'm it's wrong. Like
1: two to four weeks.
0: If someone, so <laughs> ahead. Yeah. yeah, Oh, you're I, you're right. Two to four weeks. We all, t- I take it back. They're they're not
2: free. Sexton's out for a number of weeks as well. So they got that a few injuries. Well,
0: Sexton, that's a good thing when Sexton's out. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> fair, enough, fair enough. No, I'm right, not so,
2: believing the Cavs. I'm not a I'm not a Cavs fan like like Fred is. So uh, they'll eventually have a losing record.
1: Yeah, I think if Mobley had stayed healthy all year, I would probably be in the for real category, and I would give them like I think they would make the eighth spot, seventh, eighth spot. But uh, losing him for a month, I, I, yeah, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say they're gonna fall off. But I, I, certainly, I think we all agree they they are legitimately better than we thought they would be. And last one, last team. I don't know if this is entirely counts as for real or not for real because they're only a little bit better than we thought, but I thought they were better enough to mention because they're currently in the playoff bracket. The Charlotte Hornets at eight and seven. Uh, are they going to be in the playoffs, top eight at the end of the year? Mark? I mean, this this one's tough. This yeah. one's tough because it, to me, it sort of is less about the
2: Hornets, but more about the two teams that I referenced earlier, the the Hawks and the Celtics. Like those teams should be better than the Hornets. Um, and like I said before, like those two teams should have been further along than the Bulls right now. But I, I don't know what's going on with those teams. Maybe they can't get it right. Maybe the Hawks. I mean, the Hawks have had a super tough schedule, but no, I'm gonna say the, the Hornets will be in the play in situation.
0: I'm gonna say they're gonna they're gonna to fall to the uh they're gonna be in the play in situation, but they're gonna lose. lose. Because if you look at it right now, they're ahead of the Bucks and Hawks. They're not gonna be ahead of those two teams by the time the year's out. They're right now the eighth seed, so I think they'll probably get in. They'll stay the the Raptors will probably fall out. But um I love Miles Bridges, man. I've always loved him. I love him from the, the time he was drafted. He's really taking a jump, but everything else around him outside of ball, eh, you know? That's what I say. Big E
1: H. Eh. Ball. It's ball in, in uh, Miles Bridges, and that's it with that <laughs> so, team. You know what I mean? So here's what you got. Uh, you have Washington, Chicago, Brooklyn, Miami, Cleveland, New York, Philadelphia, Charlotte. Uh, at The top eight right now. Boston and Toronto, nine and ten. So now, Fred, you just said that Milwaukee and Atlanta will be in the playoff, the play-in. Yeah. So they're gonna knock out two teams. No, 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 no.
0: Milwaukee's gonna be in the playoffs. Well, but either way, right. right,
1: they'll be at least in the play-in. At least yeah, in you the gotcha. so, yeah. So, so two teams of the, that group have to get knocked out. So Raptors. I think Raptors, no okay, yeah. Raptors are one. Charlotte, the other. I think it's it's Charlotte or Boston, right?
0: Uh, it's Cleves. either Charlotte, Boston, or the Cavs. I mean, the Cavs technically could fall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the, yeah. With or the Knicks, hurt, they
1: could definitely fall. Out. Or the Knicks, <laughs> just because yes. you love to hate the Knicks. All right, <laughs> all right, all right. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Um, last. I, I wanted to so talk about just my parental advice, but I don't think five minutes is enough to do it justice. Well, how I, I got say. something
0: to t- talk about. All
1: right. We'll go to yours. We'll save my quick yeah. hitting of like why I think it's okay to tell Zach Levine as a child that he should not be an NBA player and should be a <laughs> okay. fireman and that it's not terrible advice for a teacher to give. We'll save that one, which I got roundly destroyed for on Twitter uh, for another day. Well, I, this I, is I, more <laughs> of
0: a, a, like a public service announcement oh, th- that PSA. a lot of people over the, over the years have asked for. So um, I mean, obviously, this ha- I haven't had this in decades. But you know, when you used to date back in the day, you get right right around date number seven. You want to make it special because you know you're going to be crossing a threshold. Number so seven. when you get to when you get to date when you get to date <laughs> number seven, you want to make it special and memorable. So this is something you guys should think about for the holidays. What you need? A lot of people have asked. You know, what what can I do to make it memorable, special, and, and really make sure that it goes through well? You need a couple things. You need a log cabin. You need a big sweater. You need an acoustic guitar. You okay. need a bearskin rug, a fireplace. And all right, so here's what you do you drive up to the log cabin, you get the fire going. All right, you sit her on the bearskin rug. Then you sit down in the chair and you grab the acoustic guitar and you play um, All Out of Love by Air Supply. You know that song? <laughs> all Out of Love. You know what i talk about? And you get to the part Whoa. in the middle. You get to the part in the middle and you go where they go, oh, what are you thinking of? You know that part? All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it. you stop playing. You put the guitar down. You take off the sweater. You throw it in the fire. And hopefully it'll like crackle and all this stuff. Then you sit back down. You pick up the guitar again. And you play uh, I Can't Fight This Feeling Anymore by R.O. Speedwagon. Then after you finish that song, you throw the guitar in the fire. Then you make love on the bearskin rug. What if your
1: date is <laughs> like uh, younger than forty-five? What, um, what, you? <laughs> you what do you do? Do something is, different? Like what are you talking because, about? Because maybe they maybe they want want to know a song they've heard of before.
0: Well, they've heard of these songs, Mark? You heard of those two songs, right? You're Australian. Come on, you have heard of <laughs> yeah, I'm, "I'm All Out of I'm Love" by Earth Supply.
1: I've heard Who's of those songs. Of Can those you songs. imagine? Do you think your spouse would be excited if you played I'm Out of Love by Air Supply? All Out of Love. All, All Out of, of love. love. Yeah. You yes, gotta sorry. get it right, Doug. If you played Ario, Speedwagon, and Air Supply for your spouse, Mark, do you think those would be the songs that would go nuts? Like be like, oh yeah, I'm pretty sure my parents love this stuff. That's what the p- reply there would be. <laughs> To, to be honest with you, like
2: I, I haven't formed an opinion of the suggestion yet because I'm still trying to comprehend it. Because I'm wondering how we got to this topic now. Like we went just from we went from literally talking about the Eastern Conference who's going to make the playoffs, a plane, to somehow wooing your partner on the seventh date and you know playing her Mark, some ridiculous songs.
0: Like, what are we
2: doing here? These are the
0: seduction. These are seduction techniques. I, I think your timeless s- art.
1: I gotta say, Fred. Anyone, anyone who was uh, excited about that. I would think is a little bit psychotic, and I would not want to be with anyone who's like you know. what turns me on is you destroying your stuff and throwing it in a fire. Um, you know, like I'm just not saying I want to. I want to get into that type of waste long term. I, I think Mark, this might actually wife, be a weed out question for people.
0: Mark, ask your wife if she knows those two songs, and then yeah. play them for her. And I guarantee, well, I mean, if you you got to follow all the other directions, you got to get a, a log cabin, you got to get the fire, the bearskin rug, but if you You know, just first throw out those two songs and see if she knows them. I guarantee you she'll know them. Every woman I've ever met has known those two songs.
2: Well, look, we're coming to summer period down here, so um, in Down Under, so we won't be going up to a log cabin with a bearskin whatever carpet or whatever rug or whatever you said. We're not going to be lighting up a fire anytime soon. So um, you don't yeah, have bearskin be rugs
0: happening. in Australia? You gotta have bearskin. Uh, I'm, rugs.
2: Sh- I'm sure someone that was born in the 19 you know 60s or 70s has one, but um, I do not know own one. No,
0: <laughs> Doug, you got. One. Don't you have one of those somewhere in the house? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> okay. All right. Hey. We've rede- I gave
1: this we've is redecor- a public service. Public public service Redecorate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. All right. So, uh, God. Uh, we're not going to get to Fred's apology to Javante, apparently. Um, I'm sure wow. something in there that's so yeah. sad. said. But uh, then, I guess, final topic, and that's not a topic. This is also a PSA, but it's one people may actually care about, uh, unlike <laughs> <bear> Skin <laughs> rugs and air supply. Uh, if you are interested in going to a Chicago Bulls game for free uh, with Fred and I, uh, I guess it's the big red bus game since Mark can't join us unless you want to fly out here, Mark. Uh, but well, you like can go, Facetime me in. I can yeah, yeah. Facetime. Bro. I don't know if That'd you get cool. really good bandwidth inside the United Center. To be honest, it's like everyone's <laughs> on their phones. Um, we could text them. We'll figure it out that's though. Going on. But if you if you'd like to uh, attend a Bulls game for free, I posted about it on Twitter. I'll post about it again. I'm gonna try and get group tickets. I think I have about 25 people signed up for that. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy tickets for. Uh, and if you're interested, just reply. You can email me at dougtonus at gmail com. So you're interested that uh, you heard about it from the show, and I am going to get as many tickets as I can. I'm actually talking to the rep tomorrow uh, to see how big a block I can I can uh, purchase for everyone. So uh, hopefully we'll get a big uh, crowd there. Like I said, right now I think it's sitting at 25, 26, but uh, you know, hopefully we can we can get more. Probably cap it around 50 people or so, depending. Uh, you know, I'm not not completely made of money, but Doug, that's so awesome. Should be a great, awesome be a great time. That.
0: What a generous, great guy. And uh, when we go. Um
1: we maybe we can drive down with a few people, we'll listen to some air supply on the way to the game, it'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm I'm debating about getting some Bulls Beat sweatshirts printed out too, And giving them away. We'll see. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna look in look into that and see if uh It's gonna be a special night. Yeah. So well be I mean
2: if, if Doug is shouting fifty people seats to this game, like could you not throw to like buy me a, like an airplane ticket to
1: come <laughs> over? Like, it's okay. probably actually more expensive than the fifty seats, I gotta be honest with you. <laughs> well
2: I, I feel market- like he owes
1: me this. If we win a title, you got to fly
0: over, right? you, well, you got to fly it. over. Yeah, I'll fly you and your wife over. If, there's a log if, cabin I know of that I could send <laughs> you to. You can stay out there. Uh, if the Bulls <laughs> make it to the
1: finals, Mark, I will pay for a ticket for you to come visit us and go to a finals game. I'll acquire finals tickets wow. for three of us to go wow, join, that's on, uh together. That's on the record. How that's on, on the record. record. If the Bulls make it to the finals, the three of us are going to oh, a yeah. game together, assuming Talk you can dribble like from w- your wife. You're like Willy Wonka.
0: I mean, this is incredible. All the gifts you're giving
1: us. <laughs> yeah, not gonna. It used to be like in the long, long ways when I had season tickets. I had these like cheap seats, and I would buy like thirty of them on the Bulls pre-sale, and I would just give them away. They were like ten bucks each, and I would, uh, I would give them away to the playoff games. But uh, I'm no longer a season ticket holder, I no longer have uh, such privilege. But we'll we'll find a way if the Bulls make it to the finals. The Bulls beat will be there.
0: Well, you've been generous, more than generous with your uh, tickets. I've been more than generous with my seduction techniques. Mark, and your Todd Gibson image. You've been, <laughs> Mark, you've been – well, you've been here. We really appreciate it. It was an awesome show as usual. Really enjoyed it.
2: Oh, man.
0: <laughs> I got to get going, guys. Uh, Anything else? what's our what's our tagline to get out of here? We don't we have, have a tagline to get out of here. We just
1: awkwardly end it each time. Uh, how about we
0: how about going forward <laughs> going we're forward. gonna say the end of the air supply song in the middle that where, where you're supposed to throw the your sweater into the fire? Alright, I counted three. One, two, three. of? Uh, what are you thinking of? <laughs>
1: Okay. End the show. Better, and this show, please. <laughs>
0: throw <laughs> right, the right. sweater. <laughs> throw the sweater in the fire. All right. <laughs> take it easy. <laughs> all right. Go take both. it easy, guys. <laughs> Bye. Oh, man.